0: hate anyone, no matter how hateable they may seem. It proves that we are haters of God and His mercy. Hello everyone, I'm so glad that you are here steeping in the Word with me on this Monday morning. I hope that you all have grabbed your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 7 and go down through verse 11 today. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This passage drips with the gospel. Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again to new life. And when he rose again, he brought us with him, making us new men and new women in his name, by his power. But one man says, the gospel is what happened to Jesus Christ. It is his story, not ours. The point of this passage is to raise up the beauty of the cross for us to see so that we might praise God rather than ourselves. You can't hear any praise for man in this section at all, because we are weak. Verse 6, we are ungodly. In verse 7, he says, uh, people would, if they were noble, die for a righteous person, because it confers nobility upon them to die for a noble person, or a righteous person. But verse 8, we are sinners. We are not people that are to be lauded for our Uh, Virtue, but it lifts up God's love. It shows God's love in contrast to our hate. While we were still sinners, God reached out his arm, his strong arm, his strong right hand in Christ, and Christ died for us when we were the most hateful. So, what that verse says is, He is the best at loving, He is just. He doesn't let things slide, but he can also love better than any of us could ever conceive. A father might give up his life for his child, or a mother, and maybe even an uncle would protect his nephew or his nieces. There are many brave men who have fought on the front lines and given up their life for a country they love, and these are all noble causes to give up one's life for those whom he loves. But there are people that, if they knocked on our door, we wouldn't answer it. There are some people we just cannot stand. We wouldn't give them the time of day if they asked. And often, we can't even remember why we don't like them. For a moment, though, let's step into our creator's perspective as best as we can try to do that. God carefully, before the foundation of the world, Planned all things, ordered all things, and made a beautiful world. The Garden of Eden was the best place you could have ever asked to live in. There was no sin or death or disease, and things grew well. There was no thorns to hinder the way. Childbirth was easy. Uh, that'd be a blessing, wouldn't it, moms? And dads, it hurts me just to watch a woman go into labor. There was plenty of food to eat, and God walked with them, it says, in the spirit or the cool of the day. He was present with them, really present with them, as they lived. He enjoyed being with his creation, but it was not to last. They did exactly as he asked them not to, and it wasn't like a two-year-old reaching into the cookie jar before dinner time no adam and eve when they ate that fruit they were claiming for themselves knowledge above god they were claiming that they no longer needed him when adam and eve turned from god it was the premeditated murder of the relationship with the one true creator of all things but rather than kill them instantly on the spot he allows for repentance He told them they would die in that day, and they were separated from the source of life. But he graciously clothes them in skins from other animals who did not sin, but were killed on behalf of others' sins. Even though he knew, he graciously calls out to them, Adam, Eve, where are you? As if he didn't know. He was giving them a chance to repent, and therefore find forgiveness but they can't give him a straight answer because of their shame. And thus, they show their hatred towards God because they don't believe that he really loves them. They think that they can outsmart him and be their own gods. God continues to pursue his people and call them back to himself. He sends a flood and warns Noah, you must find a way from my wrath. And God provides the plans, He provides the animals, and He even shuts the door of the ark for Noah. Noah would have been out of luck had God not warned him of the flood to come. And we know that it's not because Noah was a righteous man that God saved him. He gets drunk afterwards. God is continually showing grace to people. He calls Abraham, who is, as we've seen, a worshiper of other gods. And he says, Abraham, you're mine now. He calls Joseph out of the Nile River, which happens to be the God of Egypt, and makes Joseph his own to raise up God's own mighty name before Egypt and all of Israel. And yet, Israel backtalk God. They continue to run away from him, and he continues to pursue them. He gives them time and time and time again. For repentance. There are countless examples of God's pursuance of people who hate Him, but the peak is right here in our passage in Romans. Verse 8 But God chose His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You might die for a righteous person, but God is supreme in His love of His people. He dies when they are the least lovable and the least wanting of love. When we can't forgive someone who is hateful and easily hated, we are proving ourselves to be less loving than God by a long shot. When we try to reconcile with people we hate or are hating us, we want to make things right first and then we can forgive but that's not how god does it verse 10 says for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to god by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life so while we were enemies while we were still hating god we we're trying to get rid of god in our hearts he forgives us he reconciles us by his death He brings us into an embrace even as we are still trying to stab him in the back as much as the creator of the world can be stabbed in the back. It's like a father holding a screaming dawdler and still loving him. That's what reconciliation looks like on God's part. Very rarely when people are still breathing threats and murder as it says of Saul in, in Acts are we still trying to reconcile with him. But as Saul is breathing threats and murder, God is working to bring him back into the fold of the people of God. So God, while we hate him, still loves us and brings us back to him in the death of his son. And in turn, we are also saved by his righteous life. Verse 11 naturally follows. It's not just that we are next to God. Um, and reconciled, and at peace, and we have obtained access, as we saw before. But we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus. What else can we do? We must turn in praise and joy to Him, knowing that even though we still hate Him, especially at times when we have a hard time forgiving others, we should turn to Him and rejoice and enjoy the fact that we cannot do anything that would make him let go of us and drop us cold. Because we have received reconciliation when it was least expected, we rejoice in our Savior. I bring up the fact of how easy it is to hate others and not be reconciled to them, not to guilt trip us into trying better. We should try better, but the main point is to magnify God's love. And if we magnify God's love and see His love in our own hearts, we are naturally inclined to love others better. How wonderful is that? Even when we know we can't reconcile with others well, God is reconciling us to Himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being powerful to save, drawing us when we didn't want to be drawn. You have shown us the depth of your grace and mercy on the cross. Even as the spikes were being driven through your son's hands and feet, and even as he was being lashed and his skin torn from his body, even as your wrath was poured out on him for our sake, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, let us see that depth of love more and more, let us meditate upon it, steep in it, and in turn, be more enamored with you and look more and more like your Son every day. Amen.